Welcome to different, I clicked, why did I do that? Welcome to Different Times Podcast. Historians of the age of rock and metal. My name is Paul Waller, not Weller, and next to me is my good friend, lifelong bud, Daniel Sargent. Daniel, say hello. Hello, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with uh, yeah, my lifelong <laughs> best friend, Paul Waller. Um, basically, what we're doing here is going back through old issues of your favourite magazines like Kerrang! and Metal Hammer and all the rock media, uh, and just seeing how the opinions and the reviews hold up um, to scrutiny today, really. So, you know, they might have said Master of Puppets was a good album a few years ago. Is it? <laughs> I think it is. I, this is something we were thinking of. What can we do that's original? What can we do that is interesting uh, to us? Because I think doing a podcast where you're just rehashing people, other people's ideas isn't entertaining for anybody. Uh, so we were trying to, we were sort of shooting hoops, thinking what is going to be entertaining to us and what hasn't been done. And this is what we came up with. And um, let us know if you think it's a decent idea. We don't know still, but we've enjoyed buying these old magazines, that's for sure. I, I'm pretty much digging well deep into like the 80s history, which is odd. See, I've been late 90s, early 2000s, because that's when I was still cool. <laughs> I was never cool, unfortunately. Even when I was uh, first getting into Maiden, I was uh, the only photo of me in a Maiden shirt. I'm sitting by my wardrobe in my bedroom with a massive mullet. Uh, with my, uh, I didn't even have a proper Iron Maiden T-shirt on. I had one of those that you get from the joke shop, which was uh, sort of ironed on. Yeah, no, my print. first uh, was from Home Bay Market. It was the Holy Smoke one, where Eddie's standing on a lot of burning televisions, and he's holding a telly above his head. Uh, and yeah, it was like press on on a big iron. And then I loved it so much, uh, I got my pocket money <laughs> the next week and I went back and got the tail gunner one, which said, nail that fucker uh, underneath it. But a bit of the O had been shot out, uh, so it looked like a U. So it like, said, nail that fucker, really. Uh, and my dad made me take it back. And the man at the, uh, the shop wouldn't take it back, so I think I just threw it away on the way home. <laughs> you should have kept it. That could have been worth probably nothing now because they were iron on press. Yeah, they did turn to crust and yeah. peel off quite quickly. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But I did love my T-shirt. Mine was sky blue. I take it use yours with a black. Obviously. Why would you get standard. a fucking sky blue Iron Maiden T-shirt? Because it was a seventh son of a seventh son. Fair point. Uh, sky blue, isn't it? But yeah, uh, I, I used to love that thing. Uh, and it's long gone. So, Dan, tell me... What you've been up to this past week? Got my download tickets. Got yours yet? Uh, no. And I tell you what, I'm not going. Don't, don't, no, I know. I've I know. never been to a festival without you. <laughs> no. Well, I've got two... People have seen me go, that can't be Dan. It hasn't got Paul stuck to him. Uh, well, the thing is, I told you like the, how... I hope work's not listening, but I've booked off way too much <laughs> holiday with work. And... They, if I do anything, if I say anything, they are going to notice and they're going to take a whole wedge off me. 
Um, so I'm reluctant to say... Uh, Just call in sick. <laughs> I can't call in sick again. There'll definitely be someone from work listening to this. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. So forget that. I might go, but probably I won't go. So I'm just supposed to camp by myself? And no, don't lie. You're going with your brother. Yeah, it's going to be wicked. Uh, he hasn't been to festival before, so... Uh, I'm oh, fuck off. To, Has uh, he never been to no. one? Reading, surely? No, he's not really a metal guy, is he? He's, uh, although he loves it now, growing up, he was um, more into like dance music and rap and stuff, I think. don't know. But isn't he's always going on about like rock bands and like I guess Guns N' Roses is what pulls pulled him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guns N' Roses, yeah. And that's why, yeah, that's why we're going into it. Are you? Because um, <laughs> uh, I know I've got the list written down of bands I want to see. So it's not a hundred percent definite, no. And I know tickets will be there. Uh, I'm thinking what I could do is end up going for just the one day. Uh, Which but, one would you choose? Avenged uh, Sevenfold. I think I'd choose day one. I think that was the one I wanted to go to most. Was it not fussed about seeing Aussie? Uh, not really, no. But then I, if I was, I would have gone and seen Black Sabbath when they when they finished, but I didn't. But yeah, I think employed server on that first day. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple of other bands that are well good that I want to see. Igor being one. Is that uh, the I-G-O-R-R-R-R-R? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but my list of bands is like the most a festival that I've ever been to including any that we played so yeah I just it just looks so good like I could literally get up you know how like when we go to a festival there's like all those massive breaks where we're just going to eat loads of food and then go back to the tent have some drinks or whatever fall asleep there's, for an hour there was none of that there, there's like pretty much yeah something something, to something all the time that I would want to see that's a, that's a good thing that's happened this week. Yeah, and uh, what have you been up to, dude? I haven't seen you for a little while. Uh, this week I collected some rusty band equipment uh, from uh, a rusty van. Um, I don't know if any of that's going to work, but most important thing is that uh, with my job at the moment, I've just got my first ever time of getting a 100% score, um, which means that they're not going to sack me for a little bit. So, like, I, I work at a type of call centre with the council and, like, trying to sort out your bins and things like that. And uh, we always have these... Uh, li the, the bosses listening. And somehow I weaned 100% on one of my calls, which no-one ever gets. So, all of a sudden, I've got all these emails from, like, the upper uppers that have never spoke to me before. <laughs> I'm just very confident now that... I can at least be employed for another month. Nice. We get mystery shops where I work, uh, and if you get above 90%, you get 100 quid. <laughs> All I got was an email. Email's good well as well. <laughs> it's not that good. Uh, yeah, so not much happened this week, unfortunately. But uh, Whereas I, anything new you've been listening to? Any new albums you've got? Yes, there is. Now, I was going to save this for the next episode uh, because it's sort of tied in with something, but... I've been listening to the uh, new Alice in Chains track and it came out this morning and I have rinsed it. Uh, I imagine if you go on Spotify now, you see it's like a, uh, whatever many plays, but a hundred of them I would say is mine. Yeah. Uh, I had it on while I was working today. We were allowed to listen to music really quietly. So I just had it on repeat and, <laughs> and it's so good. It's got this choppy riff. You know when we saw him at uh, Sonosphere 
and I was a bit bored. Uh, the, the, there's nothing boring about it. It's, oh, it's so good. It reminds me of, I don't know if you liked it. Do you remember the Alice in Chains album? I think it was just called Alice in Chains with if a dog. If it wasn't called Dirt, I don't care about uh, it. I think it's got a dog on it with three legs. Yeah, that was not, <laughs> not my favourite. Okay. I'm well, trying not to be negative and slag off everything already, but yeah, I didn't like <sighs> I didn't like Jar of Flies or Sap or whatever it's called. Oh, that's my very favourite. No, that's shit. Uh, anyway, unbelievable. Right. So you like that song? That's great. The new Ghost song is better. Ah, uh, rats. Rats. I love it. In fact, I enjoyed watching Ghost. Uh, obviously, we saw him at Bloodstock, and we saw him at. Oh, we saw him at Sonosphere. Sonosphere well. as well. Yeah, and I watched and enjoyed it, and yeah, it was a great show. But it didn't like really suck me in, make me want to listen to him. It was like a good. Spectacle, um, but I listened to this rat song. I was driving to a customs house, cranked it up full volume. It was like, Oh, yeah, this is good, this is really good. Um, but there was only the one song, so I thought I'd go back and listen to some, some other stuff. So I downloaded the, the Pope Star EP and the album from last year, was it? I can't remember what it's called. I think the EP's got loads of covers on it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. got, is that the one got ABBA on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's well good. Yeah, uh, I like that. But the album, uh, I have to look up what it's called so I don't look like a cunt. All right, okay. I'll, I'll talk about it, yeah. It's called Meliora. Jesus, your phone's quick. Yeah, iPhone 10, mate. Meliora, the deluxe edition, which actually comes with uh, the Pope Star EP stuck to the end of it. <laughs> so you bought that for no reason. Then. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, and it's an absolute killer from start to finish. I absolutely love it. It's my favourite album of uh, 2015. I'm going to have to go back and redo yeah. my list. Well, I, I read uh, yesterday in a bath a ghost interview in this month's Metal Hammer to bring it back to what the uh, this podcast is about. Oh, excuse me, we're drinking here, um, bit bit gassy, and like the. Do you know that they got rid of the the Papa, the singer, yeah, Papa the new three? guy, Cardinal. Oh, you know, you know, you've seen the video then. But, yeah, it. no, I've literally only just got over, into it over the last couple of weeks while I was on holiday in the Isle of Wight. I listened to it so much. My little boy Will, who was four, can now sing along with uh, all the choruses. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're really catchy, and they are. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I when I first got that uh, first album, and the cover looks like it's going to be black metal or something. Yeah. And then we put it on, and it sounded like Blue Oyster Cult, Cult and uh, sort of old, not Zeppelin, but that sort of era yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, I was shocked, but. Yeah, I'm still into them, and I, I can't wait for the next album. I think it, just judging from like the uh, theatrics behind it, I'm already uh, like salivating. Yeah, you want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, totally. It? And I'll, I'll be well up for going to a show if uh, when they come. If you're into that idea as well, definitely. Uh, mate, date. Right now, we are going to get on with the. Uh with the podcast, what we actually intended to do, rather than just prattling on about what we've been up to. Uh, Paul, are you going to go first with your issue of Metal Hammer? When's it from? I'd love to go first. Right, so this is a Metal Hammer, not too old. Yeah, it, it looks quite recent. It's got Mastodon, not Mastodon, or, yeah, not, what do I call them? You call them Mastodon. Yeah, so it's Mastodon. Yeah. That's right, okay. And it's not Mastodon. <laughs> it's them. No, someone was reviewing it. I think it was like... Uh, the Guardian or something, and there's, oh yeah, Mastodon's new album. Well, yeah, uh, well yeah, I get told off all the time for calling them Mastodon, 
but I'm getting used to it now. But it's June 14. So this is uh, just on the cusp of the release of their record. And you've got to open this up. The front cover is amazing. So the, the album is called One More Time Around the Sun. And when you open up the cover, uh, it's got this massive pullout of my favourite artwork of theirs. And I know that this album isn't that popular with the fans, but look at that. Uh, that's something else. I mean, it's impressive. Not only as an album cover, but as a magazine cover as well. Yeah. So if, if we get a Facebook page up and running, we'll try and put a picture on there for you. I think that's a that's a wicked idea. Um, look at that. That's just so good. So yeah, not many people rated this album, but it's my actual favourite Mastodon album. Um, so yeah. Uh, so there's that, and it folds out, and it's lovely. Now at this time. That issue caused me to subscribe again to Metal Hammer. Uh, so that's the reason why I pulled this one out. Um, just because cause it got me back into like subscribing to magazines and things like that. Because I went through this massive indie period where I was uh, yeah, just subscribing to Mojo <laughs> and NME while it was uh, still around. You were intolerable. Yeah. Um, but then, flip it over... Right, flip this over so this massive pull-out front cover, and here you go with another pull-out, which is a uh, British summertime one, and this is with the the Black Sabbath uh, headlining. Uh, just look at that. Now I remember we were at Sonosphere at a time, and I, this this had just been announced, and uh, I got some insider gossip from someone that Faith No More, who are not headlining. And a not second, Soundgarden's like the main support, but special guest, Faith No More, third down, got paid three and a half mil for, for this show. Now, I can't remember where it's from. Can't remember if it's complete bullshit either. But I remember just that whole sonosphere just thinking, imagine that. We did talk about it quite a lot, didn't we? Three, three and a half million pound for, for that show. And you're third to the top. Like, Motorhead underneath. What do you reckon they would have got? What, 20 grand? Who knows? But yeah, what a lineup that is. And like, everyone hates Wolf Mother, but I would have been there. And I think Hang the Bastard, look, there they are. Bone Ninjin, my favourite oh, Japanese man. lady boys. <laughs> when we saw Bone, Bone Ninjin, and uh, I, I'd never heard of them before, it was just like, a, oh, this band's playing Bone Ninjin, let's go and watch them because neither of us know what they're like. And uh, I was like, uh, do you know what uh, that that singer? I'm really attracted to her, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's a it's a bloke, Paul. Because <laughs> it's got an Adam's apple, and I was like, yeah, still really really <laughs> good looking fella. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, what what a gig that is? Like three and a half mil. I still think about it now. Can't be true. Like if they got three and a half mil, what did Black Sabbath get? Christ, okay. It's not that big a festival, is it? It's only a one-day thing. In well, you say Hyde that, Park. like Hyde Park, and it packs it out. I think it's probably as many people as Reading, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, Mike Patton, if you're listening, fill us in. Is that true? Um, it's funny you should bring up Faith No More, because in my magazine I've got a little bit about Faith No More I'm going to talk about as well. Cool. I, I, I look forward to it. I, I haven't, I've just seen a couple of pictures you've sent through of that, but it looks good. On the front cover, but, but yeah, back to mine. Uh, so yeah, so Dan, you prefer Emperor Sand? It's the you? only. I've got to be honest. I tried all the Mastodon albums. 
and I only like Emperor of Sands, but I do like it a lot. It was my number one album of that last year. Um, yeah, it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was last year. Um, well, I don't know. As I say, I'm, I just think that the pop hooks are better on this album. I know when it came out, there was a song you really loved on it called Motherload. Uh, uh, I remember you rocking that in the car. Uh, but for me, for my money, and like I've gone through a period of selling all my records, and that's just one I can't sell, just because it's like... Because no one wants it. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. Right, okay, so in this issue of Metal Hammer, all right, so basically the the, the concept of this, we're just going to run through uh, lights and magazines, uh, and uh, you'll hear a lot of flicking through pages, uh, but one thing that popped up, there is a Trypticon interview in here, um, and Trypticon is the current uh, band that uh, my sort of early hero in my youth, Thomas Gabriel Warrior, uh, is the singer of Celtic Frost. Uh, they split up and Trypticon became a thing. Now, Trypticon I quite like. I don't listen to them that much, to be honest, but uh, I go back to Celtic Frost every single week without fail. Um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about the very first show I went to. So I went to uh, see my hero as a little one, who was Thomas Gabriel Warrior. I loved that when I listened to the Celtic Frost, because I was really young, the things that really got me was his death grunt. So he would always be going, hey, like all through the record. And I absolutely loved it. And they released this sort of glam album in 89, I think it was, and it was called Cold Lake. And the their whole fan base seemed to turn on them uh, because they were avant-garde noise uh, beforehand, like pioneers of black metal, thrash, death, you name it. Uh, but they're just, for some reason, gone glam. Now, I was interviewing... Uh, I was interviewing... Uh, the guys from Acid Rain about this recently because Acid Rain were meant to be the very first band I saw. Uh, but they, Tom uh, from Celtic Frost, threw them off that tour before it even begun uh, because the tour was too thrash and like Tom didn't want to get pigeonholed as a thrash band. So, A, I was really, really disappointed uh, that Tom would do that because like, I quite loved Acid Rain at the time. So, in my very first band I saw was a support band. Um, I don't know if you know them at all. Destruction from Germany? Know the name, but I could You know the name? Know the logo, probably, but don't know them. Well, that, they, were, they were as good then, and they still haven't changed now. So, if you're into that sort of uh, Teutonic, sort of thrash, bludgeoning, then they're pretty much the same now. It's just they've got like modern-day production, which makes me switch off straight away. But the songwriting... Pretty much identical. Um, so unfortunately, they were the first band I saw. But the, then when Celtic Frost came on, all glammed up, right? You walk through the foyer and the, all the T-shirts, and I'll never forget it, just instead of saying Celtic Frost Cold Lake on it, they all said, Ugh! and hey, and there was a tiny Celtic Frost logo at the bottom. And I was so disappointed, bitterly disappointed at that. Uh, but they did give a good show, uh, as long as you were into, like, glammy stuff and it was the first time as well uh, something that you totally get used to that I ever smelt dry ice so like smell emanating from the stage and uh, yeah that's when you know shit's about to kick off so what was your first gig my first gig uh, 
was Reef at the Penny Theatre in Canterbury. That's or not. That was my first gig because I'd been to like local little band gigs. And this is my first time a band of any note had played and I saw them. And weirdly, I was driving home from a customer's house uh, and the car I was taking back didn't have Bluetooth so I couldn't listen to any good music. So I had Radio 2 on. And Reef were on that. And they just released an album today. Um, I'm not going to download it. What, Reef have today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they did a cover of... All I want to do is have some fun. And it was the most appalling thing. What, ever. now or back then? No, now. They did it live on Radio 2 on Chris oh, okay. Evans' show today. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, God, really? I might download it just to see what it's like, but I love Replenish and the second one, whatever that was called. So it was Replenish, the first one? Replenish was the first one. They, 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 I first heard them on that advert. There was an iPhone oh, advert. Oh, you were with yeah. the fucking iPhone. It was Mini discs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. This is like, I was still in school. <laughs> we didn't even have a fucking Nokia 3310, let alone an iPhone. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. and it was, uh, yeah, the, the uh, song was called Naked. Oh, yeah. And that was amazing. Oh. At that time, when I was 14 or 15, that blew me away. I loved it. Well, it blew you away. And then hearing Gary Stringer on Radio 2 today, like, just like, yeah, that didn't impress me much. Um, what? About... Oh, I'd like to uh, interview Gary Stringer and say, where did you did you think you'd be on Radio Two in another thirty years time? <laughs> so, do you think is? like if he ever heard this, that he'd be going, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that interview with you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. I'll do my career. Yeah, he needs to stick up for himself and justify why he's being so lame. Look, I I got to admit, I was never a, a keen Reef fan, but. There's a handful of songs from those first two albums that years later I got into. So I'm definitely, when I edit this, I'm going to have a listen back. And that when we say Reef, definitely going to be downloading some of that on the old Spotify. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, so that was the story of my first gig. Little bit into Dan's first gig. So the main album reviews here. So I'm going to skip past... Uh, Thomas Gabriel Warrior talking uh, because he's only talking about his new band and you know whilst I we've gone past Phil Anselmo I don't want to talk about Phil Anselmo oh where is it here's Thomas Gabriel Warrior let's give him this quote I derive perverted pleasure from playing extreme metal at 50 now actually I am going to talk about Thomas Gabriel Warrior here so for the last I don't know, 15 years or so, he's been spotting a hat, like really tight hat going across his cranium. Like definitely, uh, he was sort of balding when I saw him back in, uh, back in 89, 90, whenever it was. Uh, no one ever brings up the cap. And I just think, is that... It's time, it needs to, uh, needs to be mentioned. I, I just don't think it's a good look. <laughs> if, you, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go bald, go bald. Like me. Yeah, just do it. I thought, or, or at least rip off the cap and be like, like one of those prog dudes with just <laughs> bald head emanate. It's not a good look. Wear a hat. Wear a Stetson. You know, don't don't wear it like a hat. I can wear a Stetson. You could look. There's a guy wearing a Stetson oh, now from Monster good. Truck. You see, how many people wearing Stetsons, and they're probably not even bald. See now, Monster Truck are pulling off that I'm a bit bald look, right? Thomas Gabriel Warrior, <laughs> he's not pulling it off. No, sorry. Can't get into the deep issues. Yeah. So where we are. So 
album of the month here is Crowbar's uh, Symmetry in Black. Now, isn't Crowbar one of the bands that you... Nope. No, it was hard. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I'm thinking. See, I've mucked this up already. I'm saying Crowbar, but I'm thinking it was, it was. They're 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 a band. They sound like Torch. Um, uh, that you first listened to in America by a swimming pool. Clutch. Clutch. How did you know that? Because even there. You told me a story once. I did. Paul used to be in a band many years ago called The Babies Free that were quite a well-known emo band. Uh, And I was in it as well, actually, come to think of it. But before they were quite a well-known emo band, they were a not-so-well-known pop-punk band uh, when that was still fun. Yeah, and I met a guy by a swimming pool in Florida, and he said, oh, this is my friend band, friend's band, Clutch. You can have their CD. And I had nothing really to give this guy back of any worth. So I went, this is my mate Paul's band. Uh, you can have that. Wasn't really a fair trade. <laughs> so, but I've mucked up my whole story, Daniel. Yeah. This is Crowbar, Symmetry in Black, and I'm thinking of Clutch. Oh. I love Clutch, and everyone loves Clutch now. Yeah, well, except me. I'm not really a Clutch fan. But you got me into Earth Rocker. Yeah, I did, and I think Earth Rocker. You can't just get me into it and then go, look at that dude listening to that rubbish. I just, I don't know. I, I, and everyone that I speak to online about them fucking loves them. But there's something about it, like the same thing about ACDC. I really like it, but I don't listen to it because I, I just know it now. Yeah, there's the a weird thing. Um, Mark mentioned it from Ohms, and it was about the band Isis, and he said, I love the idea of Isis, but don't actually like them, or something to that effect. And, uh, yeah, I can see where he's coming from. Right. Down. Ah, there's Phil Anselmo. There's Phil Anselmo, right. So you've ripped racist. Now, hey. I'm not afraid of him. (laughs) Oh, God. Right, so down with Down 4, their EP2, in brackets, although it's not in brackets here, um, now, this got 8 out of 10, and I remember all the press at the time that Phil was giving was saying he doesn't see the point in releasing albums anymore. No one's buying albums. It's a lot of effort, a waste of time, so we're just going to do EPs from now on. And I remember Ash saying the very same thing a few years before. Well, aren't iTunes soon stopping you being able to download a whole album? You're only going to be able to download individual songs. I don't know. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere today, I'm sure. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's strange. Um, but I know, I, I know that you get... If you your album has more tracks on it, for instance, if you're a grindcore band and you release a 30-track album, then your PRS income from, like, Spotify, even though it's pittance anyway, is going to be a lot more than if you release a, a five-track EP because it's just five songs opposed to 30 and you get paid for play of song um so what you're saying is we need to start a grindcore band grindcore is the way forward uh if you're into that prs moolah but yeah did you uh ever like down nope why not have you ever listened to them first of all can you can't just say no i don't like them if you didn't listen to them uh i did listen to them and at the time i was still in love with pantera like they were one of my favorites when i was younger and I wanted it to be Pantera because obviously Pantera weren't there anymore and it just wasn't. No? No. So maybe I need to go back and give it a fresh listen. So this EP, I loved it. 
right? And it's the only thing of theirs I've liked. I gave Nola a go, uh, and I gave uh, the second thing a go. I think it was called Two. Don't know. <laughs> if they could see your face, yeah, it's like you trod on shit. Uh, the, the next thing I want to pull up from the album reviews here is uh, an, another 8 out of 10 review. So uh, the same as down, and it's Admiral Sir, Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel. Shouldn't be doing a podcast if you can't talk, Paul. I know, it's, it's, it's a problem I've had uh, for a while. It's called Checker Before You Reckon. Uh, it's on Rise Above. Bit of a rip-off of the Beastie Boys, isn't it? Um, Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Well, that's no. not even the Beastie Boys, is it? That's um... silence is good. It's golden. Uh... <sighs> <Who did that? laughs> anyway, it's too late. They didn't think of it. <laughs> well, but to be honest with you, it's a great album. Yeah, now, it is. I've listened to that one. I love it. Have you? Uh, did you listen to the follow-up, the newer one? With, so I think it's called like Greasy Spoon or something. But uh, yeah, that's got a few killer singles, better than anything on this. But I think they're, or songs, sorry, now, not singles. Uh, but in total, I reckon, check them for you, reckon's my favourite of theirs. If you don't know uh, Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel, then definitely check them out. They're right up my street. Didn't we play with them in... Hastings. Yeah, and the place got shut down. And there was a naked man on a stool. Do you remember that? A naked yeah. man on a stool. And there was a dog running about. Yeah, even whilst we were playing. Yeah. And like, it came on and I felt really bad because like, isn't that going to hurt the dog's hearing? <laughs> yeah. and, and they said to us, haven't you got homes to go to? Yeah, funny guys, funny guys. So... Epica, didn't we play next to them the other day? Uh, Epica, yeah, but I don't want to talk about I don't want to slag bands off too tragically. Okay, fucking. They're, they're horrible. Um, yeah, there's not many good ones here. What? Right, okay, the next one I want to talk about Steel Panther. Yeah, <laughs> All You Can Eat. So I think this is either the, the second or third record. Um, really, I did not like it at all. But. Aren't they just a darkness covers band? Oh, Daniel. You. Uh, yeah, have you given them a listen? Nope. Right, first album. Right, if you're going to download some shit from this, right, honestly, the the first Steel Panther album, probably called Feel the Steel, or, or <laughs> so, I don't know what it's called, but, but that first record, every song on it, is incredible. They like, just look like Wasp or Motley no, but, but, but that's what that's what they're sort of parodying. But, yeah, I get that. Well, yeah, but... It's beyond that. They're they're beyond. They're better than what they're parodying. Um, is parodying a word? It is now. Yeah, but honestly, if you're gonna if you're gonna do one thing like from this this chat this podcast, download that first Steel Panther album, and uh, they're probably playing download. They, they always seem to be playing <laughs> download. So if they are, fucking watch them. May amazing. And your brother would wet himself. So definitely one to go with there. Oh, I've accidentally downloaded Steely Dan. <laughs> no, that's not right. Definitely not right. There we go. It says Purple uh, Sexy Santa. No, it is called Feel the Steel. <laughs> you see? Right. That's, there we go. Uh, my... Oh, my words. You, uh, you, you know that time when I said, oh, you've got to check out 
that band that sounds like Led Zeppelin. Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. And you, you, the next day you were like, fucking hell, Paul. <laughs> you are definitely not going to do that with that. <laughs> no, you will. You will. You'll love it. Okay. So um, we're finishing up with my magazine now. So we've got a, a couple of adverts. Just wanted to point these out. So is that download from 2014, I think it was. Yeah, download from 2014. On Avenged Sevenfold headlining it this year. Uh-huh. And Bad Religion are playing on the same day. But they're headlining. See, yeah, Bad Religion have now... Yeah. <laughs> they've moved up now. Uh, status quo there. It's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, it's an odd one. Um, but Aerosmith, I think they're, they're almost over now. Linkin Park, they're, they're over. Yeah. Um, so, Danger yeah. Escape Plan, they're over. Yeah. They're, they're making hard, long work like that. I don't know if they've done the actual last show. Yeah, the last show's done. They're, they're gone. Uh, still Panther, I told you. They're always there. Uh, Fozzy, who you saw at Margate. Yep, with my old mate Jim. Uh, and that's about it. So, yeah, interesting to see that like the lineup is pretty similar, apart from all like the smaller bands. Yeah. But you notice that none of the smaller bands have really made that that climb uh, to to go further. So, do you think like with this year? In fact, that'd be good. When you go, we can talk about it, obviously. Mm. Um, but do you think any of those bands, that like the small ones this year, might climb up? Think of that. Because I'm always thinking that, because we're running out of headline bands. Yeah, Metallica and uh, all the big bands like that, they need to go away and make space for newer, smaller bands. Oh, and there's the Sonosphere we went to. Yeah, so here it is. We went to this Sonosphere. Um, the standout for this Sonosphere for me was uh, when Daniel went to see Limp Bizkit, and he might talk about that in a sec, but while that was happening on, we we broke up, and I went to see Anthrax in the tent doing Among the Living. Uh, now no, I had... no, I did go and see Anthrax you? with you, yeah, but I needed to piss, uh, so I went out, and then it was so rammed, they wouldn't let me back in, so I went and watched Limp Bizkit. That is the, that is the truth. You are spilling truth bombs left, right, and centre here. Uh, I I relived my youth, uh, and I know it's a cliche like um, to say things like that, but I actually did. Uh, I haven't moshed like that for like well over fifteen years, and I was singing every word, and it was like I I just left thinking right, done that, ticked that box, even though I didn't need to tick that box. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I was elated. So I want to say you know, it was really sad to see that Sonosphere didn't come back and that was the end of it. But I just want the Sonosphere people to know that it was a real, like one of the greatest moments of my life. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, but tell me, Dan, what did you think of Limp Bizkit on that day? It was just sad, really. But was it fun? No. No? It was trying so hard to be fun, but it just wasn't. And I liked Limp Bizkit back in the day. I had a copy of Three Dollar Bill, y'all, before it was even released in the country. I remember. Uh, you were slinging that uh, around uh, my house, that's for sure, and Car Journeys. It was a, uh, There was that, which was good. I, I consider that album to be proper good. But then you also, at the, the, the very same time, were interchanging two other CDs. One was Sublime. Um, with Sublime, Sublime, was that? Yep. And the other one was Free Eleven. Still love Frida. My word. I'm not ashamed. Well, you, uh, honestly, 311. 
Now, the other thing I wanted to pull out from this was uh, we etiquette. There's two things, really. First of all, we etiquette at a festival. Now, you know you were struggling either during Iron Maiden or Metallica. It was Metallica. We were watching Mastodon and I needed to go. Um, <laughs> Alice in Chains will sort of cross my legs like, yeah, yeah. Can't lose our cool space that we got. We, we have the a, best space. We have a well good space. And then about... 35 songs into Metallica or God knows how other went on for I couldn't hold it anymore so I thought yeah I just nipped to the loo for a pee didn't realise there was 80,000 odd people behind me that I was having to try and push past to get to the toilet well I have got some news for you and your brother alright they do online I don't remember where but I'm sure if you just type it into Google you'll get there festival wee kits so it's like a catheter yeah Yeah. Kim had one of them for heavy no way yeah and other you know about this. I was going to like blow your mind. My mind was blown years ago, right? And we also got these little bags, uh, like little bags of I don't know what's in it. Like those little tiny little balls, and you wee in. Oh the shit! Jelly, yeah, yeah. And it goes into like a thing, like you, in a nappy, though, isn't it? That yeah, that sort of stuff. And then you do it, tie the end off, and <laughs> lob it. Festival, a festival nappy. Oh, but I was like, when I someone told me about this uh, last week, um, and I was like. That doesn't exist, so I googled it, and there it is. It's just you can you don't have to find a bottle because we were looking all over, like just around our space. Will I get away with weeing by this fence? Well, we couldn't do it, so we had to leave. And like as you say, we missed like the last twenty Metallica songs. And I was we saw enough. <laughs> we saw enough. The other thing I wanted to mention about this lineup uh, was Gary Newman. Now. Yeah, I know. I dragged you along to see Gary Newman. I was pretty... I just interviewed him, uh, and I was pretty on a a, a Gary Newman boner because I loved his new album, and I really uh, still adore his old stuff. Like, a good good eight, nine years' worth of material of his I love. Uh, So there we were, and we were... Because it wasn't that chock-a-block, we got a good position on the right-hand side... But it was too good. Second or third row back. Yeah, 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 but it was too good. So we could see his lips move. And his lips weren't moving in time with what music was coming out and, like, his voice. Yeah, very quickly we were disappointed, weren't we? Yeah, I I was totally gutted that he would... The verse bits he would sing live and then the chorus bits were, like, my first ever experience of live music miming. Uh, I hated it and I couldn't stand it. I, I didn't believe it was happening um, at first. So a couple of songs in, I was just like, pointed it out. And you were like, fuck, yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed. So you're a naughty man, Gary Newman. I've actually forgiven him. Yeah, yeah. I thought about it a few times. Uh, and bless him, at least he's still getting up there and giving it a go. So, at least in his old age, he's, yeah. he's bothered to go and do it. Yeah. That's what you're giving him. I don't know. I'm disappointed because uh, I'm sure... He probably can't do it anymore. Uh, he loves he... it so much. He just wants to be out there and feel the love of the crowd. I don't think so. I think if you can do that in the studio, if you can pull that off... Yeah, but he pulled it off when he recorded it in, like, what, the 80s? Yeah, but, but he was doing... This was from the songs from the, the, the now. Uh, like, those he courses... Was cheating in the studio. Oh, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it, not my Newman. So, fire <laughs> final... Uh, final bit from My Metal Hammer from 14. This has gone on a lot longer than I thought it would, you know. Yeah, when's my go? All right, in a minute, in a minute. All right, um, it's Bloodstock. Um, 
Now, this is 2014 Bloodstock. Um, and I just want to mention, like, the headliners here. So you've got Emperor down, and then headliner, headliner is Megadeth. Um, when they headliners last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. went home because we didn't care. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, I do care. Um, so that's that's sort of going to my point. Uh, what I want to have a little chat with you about is we went to see Metallica for a bit. We went to see like uh, Anthrax, or I did. Uh, I got to see him, and um, uh, you got Megadeth and Slayer. I remember we just walked past. <laughs> we didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, do you think, right, and this is my thing, like, because we could have seen Megadeth last year, and we just, uh, I know all the reviews were shit, but we don't know, because we didn't go, so are we too old to be bothered to do this sort of thing? Because I know I really want to go to festivals still, I really want to see bands, but I'm way more interested in the new stuff than the the old stuff. Uh, yeah, do you, do you feel for the same? me, yeah, we'll watch the big bands at the end, but yeah, the fun for me is finding those new bands that you haven't heard before or like little bands like I'm really looking forward to Knocked Loose uh, download absolutely your brother's going to freak out at Knocked Loose <laughs> yeah. I played in Baby Metal the other day which uh, <laughs> just looked at me strangely <laughs> we were doing the, in, in the new studio we were doing the floor and he just sort of looked at me and, and carried on putting the floor together uh, but I played in Zeal and Arda alright and, uh, and he liked that because that's obviously one of the best things ever uh, you heard the new couple of tracks he's put out? No. So yeah. When was... you find this stuff out, why don't you tell me? <laughs> you know I'm too busy to find out for myself. <laughs> well, uh, last week a new track came out, and a few weeks before a new track came out. Is it on iTunes? Yeah. Mm. No. Well, I don't know. No, it was on Spotify. So I'm I'm, I'm purely a Spotify guy. But yeah, then the very new track I thought was Ace, and the track before it. So there's a track with a whole apple. On the front cover, that's not so good. Gravedigger's chant and waste. Yeah, so the new Stranger one. Stranger fruit. That's good. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole album. Look, you can see. No. Look, there's sixteen songs. What's there. that? Fuck off. When's that come out? Oh, it's a pre-release order. Yeah. Oh fucking hell. It's good that is. After, in fact, when you do that with Ghost as well, you can see all the names of the songs, but you can't listen to raps. Ah, okay. So that must be coming out well soon then if it's done that. Yeah. And for me, it's, with uh, Zeal and Arda, it's not about an individual song with them. It's about the whole EP because it's so different. There's the chain gang bits, the black metal bits, and then there's the weird little dancey songs that no one seems to talk about. And for me, it's the whole thing there rather than just... So will you be disappointed because there is a slight change uh, with the new stuff? I won't spoil it for you. I'll see. We'll see what you think next episode. But uh, are you, is that what you're into? Are you looking forward to the new thing to see what, what changes there could be? Yeah. Right. I think a good songwriter is a good songwriter, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, tell you that. The newest one I've heard is a banger all the way to the bang bank. Yeah. Well, mm. still Panther's not getting a look in because now I'm going to listen to that one. Ah, oh, man, you're missing out. Right, uh, my chosen magazine, uh, I went for one that I actually purchased uh, when it was originally released back in 1995. Uh, it's Kerrang! <laughs> magazine, issue number 554, July the f July 15th, 1995, and it costs £1.45. 
and I paid more for it now, ironically. Did you? Mm. It's got TerraVision and iced tea on the front, uh, and they do like a little thing where they someone took them out for a drink, and iced tea and TerraVision get to know each other. Wow. I reckon iced tea would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm well into my television. Thrilling read. <laughs> uh, there's a bit about Donington 95 to start with, which was an awesome Donington. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Metallica, Nine Inch Nails, Alison Chains. Uh, in fact, that could have been Sonosphere two years ago. That is mad, isn't it? That <laughs> it's the same lineup there as Sonosphere. Uh, there's a thing here about a drummer from Def Leppard, Rick Allen. Uh, beating up his wife and uh, he might go to jail for two years clearly because he's a famous rock star that didn't happen yeah. I bet if that was nowadays oh, it would be, be a lot worse that would be the end of Def Leppard mm-hmm. like he would, wow, be things a, have changed yeah now he's only got one arm <laughs> That's, we can't say that <laughs> we can't say that well Bloodhound Gang had a whole song based around it uh. <laughs> uh, ex Pearl Jam drummer bounces back so uh, Pearl Jam's I don't know if he was their first drummer I think he was their second drummer uh, Dave I don't know how you say that uh, Bruzesi yeah that's that's good yep well uh, he's got a new band uh, and they're bouncing back I don't think they did because obviously no one's ever heard of them and they're called Ten Hands just ripping off Oh, Jones. really? Ten, yeah. I'll tell you what, this news section looks really good, doesn't it? It does. I, wasn't, I don't think I was getting Kerrang! in this this era. Yeah, well, this is 95. This is before we met. This is like when I was still at school. Right, okay. With, uh, so I, I'm, I might have been then. Okay. What's the Smashing Pumpkins news? They're going to release an epic, groundbreaking album, which was obviously... <laughs> No. Like dusk and hair embrace, but that's not. No, no. Pumpkin. Surely did the uh, yeah, sort of melancholy song. and the infinite that's sadness. What, yeah, that's what. All oh, right, okay. No, surely this, this. No, you're right. I think was that '95. Yeah, it says it here. All right, zero jelly belly. <laughs> that was a good record. It was two good records because it was the daytime and the nighttime, wasn't it? Yeah, I loved all the heavy songs, but I didn't like the quiet ones. Whereas oh. on Simon's Dream, I can still handle the quiet ones. Next, must have been fun. Uh, we've got Pete Steele from Typo Negative, who people are going back to talking a lot about at the moment. He's on the front cover of Playgirl magazine holding his cock. <laughs> so he is. Did you get that Playgirl magazine? I didn't Didn't get that one, no. Oh, concerts are at the front. Yeah. Karan got it going on here. So, right, White Zombie. Oh, Babes in Toyland. I'd support. Have definitely gone to that. Except I would have been 15 at the time and couldn't really uh, get to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, White Zombie at this time were like, cool for me. I loved, uh, in fact, I listened to it not so long ago. Uh, Las Exorcisto, Devil Music, Volume 2 or whatever it's All called. Right. I never got into White Zombie or Rob Zombie. <laughs> I just find it... Um, you like his films, surely? Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, his films, like, people don't really rate them in the horror uh, genre... But I think they're top to bottom great. Everyone, even the like the one that everyone disses is Lords of Salem, and that is probably my favourite of the lot. But apart from that, I did give uh, his recent album, I come out last year, um, a go, and was proper disappointed. It didn't sound to me like it had changed since '95. Do you listen to Rob Zombie at all? Nope. So you were just White Zombie. 
White Zombie. And that's it. Quickly got over that. Did you have a poster on your wall of White Zombie? No, but my mate, Mike. Mike. Had Mike. One of um, the bass player, Shanna Esalt, I think her name is. Oh, God, yeah. That was a huge poster of that her on his wall. massive poster. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, here's a good one. This I had the hair uh, on the back of my neck prick up when I saw it. Corn playing with Sugar Ray. And obviously this is 1995, before any of us even heard of Corn. Okay. It says they were good, and they're the way forward, which obviously they were. So What's this rating one. system in Kerrang, by the way? Uh, it used to be, it wasn't numbers or Ks as it is now, but however wiggly the line is, the more wiggly the line, the better. Okay, so what, what's this rating mean that Corn got? Basically four out of five. So, so high voltage. Yeah, but um, if you look up there, you've got Pete Droge, whoever that is. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got electrocution. Yeah, so he's Pete Droge uh, is better than Corn. Oh God. Oh, wow, Panic. I was just going to say, do, do we know Panic? I tell you what, we do know Panic. Before you joined Babies, when we were called Babies... Ah, I've still got the flyer. My first London show uh, was with a band called Panic, and there they are. What rating did they get? They got oh. static. So. <laughs> static. It's about right. But like this, the most important thing about this page, your thumb's right on it right now. What are they advertising there? Silverchair. Silverchair, Pure Massacre. Um, i got a little story about that. I saw Silverchair for... Uh, yeah, I'm so cool. Yeah, I, I am pretty cool. Uh, it was at Reading Festival, and, like, um, there were... That's, that's a actual bullshit, because I found out about it in NME. Uh, but there was a little article in NME about Silverchair, like this Aussie band uh, that outgrunge the grungers sort of thing. And they were only like 15 at the time, weren't well, they? Well, that was it. Well, so I, I went to see them at, at Reading, and it was a pretty packed tent, and there was tons of girls in there. So there was already this sort of vibe going on about them. Uh, so I was anticipating, and I couldn't believe what I saw at the time, because uh, they were they were on it. They, they were bombastic and like better than grunge, I thought, at the time, because I was well over grunge by 95, I think. Um, and and then when I listened back to it, so when I finally got it, I was so disappointed. It sounded so, um, to me, amateur, like amateur hour. And of course, when I listen to that album now, what's it, Frog Stomp? Yeah. Yeah, my, my wife's really into them. And it's awesome. I love it. I love yeah, it from I beginning to end. Cool. Yeah, weird. Still give that a listen. Uh, next page, we've got uh, the Weenie Roast, which was a festival in America somewhere that I always really aspired to going to. Uh, this one had Rage Against the Machine, Hole, Rancid, and Soul Asylum. That looks awesome. Yeah, Soul Asylum. <laughs> they had the Runaway, Runaway Train. Yeah, that was MTV <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> You can't sing me one more solo solo song. If you can, there's 20 quid in my wallet. You can <laughs> I can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was an easy... I could have just made it up. I know, <laughs> didn't Soul Asylum have, like, punky few albums beforehand? And, like, that's what you would discover and say you were cool. Because, no, I didn't like the Runaway Train song because that's MTV rubbish. I liked all the early stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I never did. And Rancid played... Look at that, when Tim still had his mohawk and they were awesome. 
I would love to have seen Rancid then. You did see Rancid then. <laughs> I did see oh. it. Uh, do you know what? I'm so cool that I saw Rancid then. There's a little story. <laughs> I really oh. loved Rancid. Uh, <laughs> oh, that story! <laughs> I bring this story up whenever uh, Paul does something bad and I want to make him feel worse. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Paul went to this gig. Was it Punk Fest at the Garage? It was my first Punk Fest at the Garage, Highbury Garage, yeah. Yeah, uh, Rancid played. Uh, and I bought a bootleg of the CD um, probably a few months after, listening to, oh, Rancid Live CD, awesome, wish I could have been there. Paul goes, I was there. It's like, oh, well, I can't in all good consciousness keep this CD for myself. You have it and you were there. You'll, you'll appreciate that forever. Um, a few years later, I found out he sold it. Well, you don't sell gifts. In my defence, right, uh, in, in my defence, of which there can be no defence, like, uh, if I'd known the amount of uh, times you would bring it up in the future, <laughs> I would not have sold it, uh, which is, like, not a good thing to say. There was no reason why I sold it, and I, I can only think that it was amongst a bunch of other CDs that I took to Funhouse and didn't think anything else of it when I wanted to, like, some easy cash for rent or whatever it was. Uh, because, yeah, it's not something that I would do. I, I'd, even, like, the worst Christmas presents I get, like, if, if my daughter will buy me a, a, a horror DVD that costs three ninety nine that no one's ever heard of, I'll keep it. I'll just, like, I've got stacks of shit that I never will sell because it was gifts. Mm. And yet so I sell that. You bought me I this belt, belt ten years ago. I'm too afraid to wear any other belt in case you see me wearing it. <laughs> so there you go. So all I can do is apologise again, as I'm sure I will every episode. Hmm. Uh, moving on, if you can move on. I can't, <laughs> clearly. Uh, we've got a band at the time. Uh, we obviously, we didn't have Spotify and iTunes and all that lovely sort of stuff we've got now. The only way you could really hear new music uh, back then was if you went out and bought it or you saw it on, uh, what was that? Awesome programme on MTV, Headbangers Ball. Um, and I'd kept reading about a band called Apes, Pigs and Spacemen. Um, and I'd always wanted to hear them at the time. You know, I liked what I read. They sounded pretty cool. Um, but then never got to hear them. And then over the years, they completely disappeared from my consciousness, as they did from all the media. And then when Paul came up with this idea, I bought this Kerrang, opened it up. It was like, oh, Apes, Pigs and Spacemen. Um so obviously got straight on the iPhone and downloaded an album. Uh, give it a, a I just want of... people to know that right, when Daniel says download an album, he pays and downloads this album, right? So he will be paying money for all this stuff. Continue. So I downloaded this album, uh, <laughs> really sort of, because at the time, you know, like it was Terrorvision and Reef and that sort of thing, the Wild Hearts. I thought, he's got dreadlocks, he looks a bit like... Guy from the Wild Arts, you know, this is going to be a good band. Oh my God, it was awful. It was so disappointing. It was literally like someone had said, go and play Smells Like Teen Spirit to Terrorvision. Yeah, right. It was abysmal. Uh, I thought, mm, I'll give it another go. And the next song just sounded like Incubus. Right, okay. What what era Incubus? There's only one era for Incubus. <laughs> That good era. It's all brown, 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 spacey sort of sounding stuff, isn't it? I, I have an answer to this, Daniel. Uh, uh, I watched a documentary on um, MTV Headbangers Ball recently, and towards the end, uh, so grunge, grunge had gone through, and after grunge, which would probably be about his time, and yeah. uh, they were 
inundated and their business model was to take stacks of cash from uh, major labels and whatnot. Allegedly. Uh, to plug all these shit videos, which of course then the viewership kept dwindling and dwindling and the presenters, you could just tell they were phoning it in because they weren't bothered about the music anymore. Uh, so that could be, like, in conjunction with your disappointment now of hearing them thinking, man, they were shit, but I loved Headbangers Ball. Might have something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, moving swiftly on from Apes, Pigs and Spacemen, we've got here um, Metallica Save Donington. So this is when they played uh, Monsters of Rock. But I didn't realise at the time it clashed with Reading. What? No. Was Monsters of Rock still one day at that point? No, it was a... Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it clashed with the Reading Festival. That just wouldn't happen now, would it? No, not at all. It wouldn't make sense. But, well, maybe it would now, because there's not really a, a rock crossover anymore as much as there, yeah. there was. But Reading's appalling, isn't it? No, but in 95, Reading was... The like, same. Yeah, Reading was amazing. Um, 95, 96, 97... Oh, awesome. Do you know what? I think I remember this. I think Donington was a Saturday. Reading, the rock day of Reading was a Sunday. So you had people having to do uh, by the one-dayers. And if I remember correctly, the one-day tickets for the Sunday sold out like a like that. I could be another year. Wow, look how big that click was on the old Richter scale there. Mm. But, yeah, and also I just want to mention, look how cool... Fucking awesome Metallica look in that photo. Cowboy hat again. Yeah, man. Is that yeah, Look at the Stetson. Look at Jason Newstead. Just doesn't give a fuck. That's after he's cut his hair off. Just looks so good. It does. Look at Lars with a full full head of hair. This is when they were in their prime. So, what was this, 95? That was Load, yeah. wasn't it? No. Uh, it was about a year Black before Al Load? Yeah, Black Album was out. Uh, a lot of, quite a long time, but I don't think Load or... Reload. Loads on the cusp. That's for yeah. sure. Okay, wow. In fact, I think the thing is, they came out of the recording sessions of Loads to play Donington as like an escape oh, from the right. studio thing. Got it. In fact, if we go back in the magazine, I'm sure there's a big advert for it. Yeah, Escape from the Studio, 95. So that's... Oh, right, okay. When they were disappointed with Loads before they'd even released it. And was it a, yeah, it's a Saturday. Mm. Wow. Okay. Man, that would have been amazing to go to that. I, I've... I remember this, they played the whole thing on Radio 1. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to mention it. I had a cassette of it at the time, and it was awesome. Um, I really, i tell you what I really do like, that era of Metallica, um, from, like, um, from Black Elm onwards, before they got rid of him, was Jason. Uh, I just think he was my... Yeah, my key awesome, enjoyment. But I love watching Jason on stage. On that, You were watching it the other night when we spoke... Uh, you're watching the live ship engine purge. Yeah, yeah. I love that sanitarium they used to play on MTV quite a lot with Jason spinning his hair around, much like the new bass player from Conjurer. Oh, all right, okay. I've not seen Conjurer. Do you know we You've missed not seen Conjurer? No, not with the new guy. Don't lie. No, we played with them. Have we? Did I watch them? Probably not, though. You, you're backstage doing cocaine. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I've yet to see. No, mate, you're right. Maybe I have. We've probably seen them about eight times with him. All right. I don't call that. All right, okay. Let's move on because the conjurer will be upset with me. Um, slash, oh, this is obviously after 
uh, Guns N' Roses sort of went sideways and he's doing his own Slash's Snake Pit thing. Um, I never listened to it, did you? I was well not into that sort of thing. Do you know what? I was well over Guns N' Roses at that time. I was Mr. Grunge Boy. Yeah. Uh, and I was almost out of that phase as well. So just starting to discover we become pop punk. Yeah, pop punk boys now. Yeah. And the big thing that Slash says is, I carry my own bags. Uh, I don't think you've quoted him correctly there, Daniel. What does he actually say? I carry my own fucking bags. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so DIY slash, you know, so it did actually fit in with me listening to Fugazi and all that shit at the time because he carries his own fucking bags. Yeah, slash. Can't wait to see him. Uh, one of my favourite guitarists ever. Reason I play a Les Paul is he's just one of the coolest dudes. But the, 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 the Snake Pit, like uh, that album, sold bundles yeah it did I'd st- I've never listened to it but what I did listen to and have recently downloaded again is Duff McKeegan's solo album Believe in Me you didn't even know it existed did you mm. it's really of it's time but it's really is it punk it's got a punky attitude but with like Guns N' Roses big style production very Duff uh, like him singing and there's a few like guest rappers and things which was a hell of it's time <laughs> at the time <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, Duff, believe in me, it's really dated now, but what about, I still like it. Uh, what about his voice? Is it like when um, that bass like... player from Rancid sings? Is it like that? No. Uh, it's like a English punk sort of thing. Tim from Rancid, yelly type singing. Good. Right, I okay. really like it. All right. You download it, that's your I will, that'll be my homework. I'll, I'll listen to some duff. And then coming on to the posters section, which for me was actually my favourite bit of uh, <laughs> the magazine. Honestly, <laughs> if I was allowed, my bedroom would still be covered of heavy metal posters. Obviously, they'd be <laughs> cool bands. Um, not the Foo Fighters, but at the time, I would have loved this Foo Fighters yeah, poster. Yeah, a good picture. It is. Uh, and I'm uh, pretty sure I did actually have this poster on my wall, because on the other side... Is Iron Maiden with Blaze oh, wow. Bailey, and I certainly wouldn't have had that on my wall. Blaze looks like he means business there. Have you seen him now? He, he looks like he's seen better days. Yeah, he's got no hair anymore, has he? He's no. a bit fat, like me, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. I loved Iron Maiden growing up. They were my first big crush, um, as far as music goes. But as soon as they killed Bruce Dickinson, like uh, on that music, uh, the <laughs> there was a magician. Uh, they killed him on a big spike. Uh, that I made him were over for me then. Obviously, they've come back with a few albums with Bruce since then. Yeah. I haven't liked any of them until Book of Souls, but I love Book of Souls. Yeah, I was more Brave New World, and, and then I checked out. But um... Even Fear of the Dark at the time. In fact, Fear of the Dark was the first time I've ever been disappointed in an album when I was younger. Because uh, I loved... Seventh Son and uh, what was the one with the guy Eddie's pushing him out of the grave? No prayer for the dying. Yeah, that was amazing. Love that. Uh, well, the one he's in a tree. What's that one? And he's part of a tree. Fear of the dark. That's what I'm about to come to. So oh, sorry. But in all that. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I loved that, and then I got into Iron Maiden, and these albums were already released, so I hadn't had the experience of a band that I like releasing an album yet. 
So it's like, oh, there's a new Iron Maiden album coming. It's like, oh, excellent. So saved up my pocket money for a few weeks. Uh, and the day it was released, I ran down to Howling Records in Ramsgate. Do you remember that place? I've been there recently, yeah. Good, cheap albums. Still there? Yeah, you can buy an ABBA album for 50p. Can I? Yeah. I did. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, ABBA are back together. <laughs> <laughs> back to my story. Uh, or am I thinking of... No, yeah, ABBA are back together. They are back yeah, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do my story. All right, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, got Fear of the Dark... Bought it on CD, so I couldn't listen to it on my Walkman on the train on the way home. Got in on my dad's stereo, because that was the, the proper good stereo in the house. Started listening to it, and it was, it was the first time I'd ever heard music, and I was expecting to be blown away, and it was just like, oh, well, that's not, that's not what I was expecting. And there was like the song Fear of the Dark itself, and... Uh, which, is a, which is a classic now. It is a classic now, but every time, like when they play it live, I'm still a bit disappointed. It still takes me back to it, being what's the one with like uh, the football like weekend warrior. Is that is that on that one? Yeah, and afraid to shoot strangers. No, I didn't like that. That football yeah. one was terrible. Like, I don't want to what listen to Iron Maiden singing about football hooligans. Mm. Like when you do Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and then you chill it down a step to football hooliganism. I'm not into that. No, no. So that's why I'm not going to put this poster up. Yeah, too right. But you put Food Fighters' original lineup uh, instead. Yeah. Uh, next is one of my all-time favourite bands, Faith No More. Said I was going to bring them up, didn't ah. I? An interview with uh, Bill Gould, the bass player, uh, and it's a bit of a depressing one, really. I didn't realise at the time when they became big with um, Epic and From Out of Nowhere and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they didn't even realise how big they were getting in the States because they were away on tour in Australia and all that sort of mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So they blew up on MTV and didn't realise it. Uh, and when they came back, suddenly they were these like wacky superstars and didn't really want to be. Were they upset with Mike Patton because he was like a frontman now, bona fide frontman, when all the other guys were not so much? Yeah. They... they it's a weird read. I'll, I'll let you borrow it if you like. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, uh, they, although they were still very popular in England, apparently they lost their popularity in America in quite a massive way with like uh, what came out after that. It was Angel, Angel Dust. Dust. Yeah, which had a few big hits on it, but it was very, very different. They weren't that wacky pop band anymore. And people lost interest in America really drastically. And to be fair, so did I. I liked like Midlife Crisis. Um, when... Then uh, King for a Day came out, they just nosedived. And although I love it now, and I love all the Faith More albums now, looking back at the time, I didn't give a shit about King for a Day or the whatever came out. Yeah, I remember Phil Buck, who we were uh, close mates with, uh, you might know him from Eden, Maine. Um, he was well into all that, the new Faith No More stuff at the time, and he lived with this guy with a massive stereo. Uh, so when uh, King for a Day came out, uh, I got my first listen to that with a, an expensive stereo that cost more than I would pay rent for my flat for probably a year at the time. Uh, and it sounded incredible. There was that song, uh, Digging the Grave, Digging the Grave. That one, that was, through that stereo, I was blown away. But I tell you what, on that tour, the Angel Dust tour, because I was like more of an NME Melody made it, Maker reader at this time, the magazine you're reading now. 
uh, and they uh, I don't I've not seen a band as much as I have as Faith No More on the Angel Dust tour like I saw them four times uh, on that tour which is every time they played in the UK in London uh, at that time and also a couple of festivals and it was my favourite time of any band's history of watching them live. Like my favourite ever gig was uh, Faith No More L7 at Brixton. And uh, so, yeah, I've got not a bad thing to say about them. And NME were hyping that album so much. But I do remember, you're quite right, like that America didn't give a shit. And it was, uh, it was UK that was really trailblazing. It wasn't so much that I was reading a lot about it in the metal mags, it was the indie mags that were still, because of Reading, I guess, was still like touting a lot of rock and metal at the time. So yeah, yeah, I really uh, did love that period. Right, and the title here is Midlife Crisis as well, so he looks pretty depressed on yeah, the picture. The whole thing is a pretty um, depressing read. He's very disappointed in, in Faith No More and what's happened to him. But there you go. So albums, there's no one here I really like and... Uh, would you know an album that I've grown up with sort of thing so you've got Cancer oh, disappointing Black Faith that got 4Ks Album of the Week yeah Testament don't care Mighty Mighty Boss Tones don't care uh, <laughs> yeah just kick rip them oh look someone got 1K what's that Year Zero Creation on Hellhound Records never heard of it Year Zero. I bet that's not even on iTunes. Should we have a look? Yeah, let's have a look. Year Zero. What what gets 1K? If it's on there, it's because the lead singer of Year Zero put it on there himself. Uh, no, there's a Nine Inch Nails uh, song called Year Zero and a ghost song called Year, Year Zero. But I can't find the band. Artists Year Zero. There we go. Okay, so this album's called Creation. 1K. Has it got creation? But they did release another album in 2010 called Year Zero. Can we stop going on about Year Zero? Uh, the first line, this sounds like the almighty trying to be Black Sabbath. I like the almighty. I like Black Sabbath. This might be the greatest. <laughs> Karan getting it wrong. Then we got the interview with Ice-T and... I can't remember the guy's name from Terrorvision. Mr. Uh, Mr. Terrorvision is his name. Yeah, Tony Wright. Saw them once at Reading. Uh, they were pretty good. There was fact, no... The first song... I was thinking about this, I was going to ask you. What do you right. think... Forget we've been talking about Terrorvision. I've right. worked it up now. Right. What do you think <laughs> the first song I ever played live in front of people is... Okay, I'm reckoning Terrorvision. How did you know? <laughs> Uh, body count, cop killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I played it and I was old people say. <laughs> uh, no, uh, do you remember Mike who we were talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a music competition at his school and said, Oh, can you come and uh, come and play? And I was like, Yep, yeah, all right, yeah, we'll do that. Um, what do you want to do? And because Oblivion by Terrorvision only had three chords, we did that. Oblivion. Yeah. There was no way Ice T is like into Terrorvision. In, in any way. I think he's just form. sitting there not knowing who the guy is. Yeah, totally. It's just like, oh, I need to do some press uh, for, for body count. Let, let's get this going. And the guy from Terrorvision's probably like, oh, man, I loved Ice-T's power <laughs> back in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. That is a puff piece, Kerrang. 
Mm. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Anything else in this issue of Kerrang? Burgers, booze. This is good. I like this idea. Good idea for a podcast. Mm. Oh, that's Phoenix Festival. Go back. What is this? Is this... Yeah, uh, that was legendary, that Phoenix Festival, wasn't it? So I went to, to two of them. I went to 1993 and 1994. Uh, so this must be the one that I didn't go to. Um, Bob Dylan? Ah, oh, man. And Paradise Lost? And Head Swim? Yeah, I don't, don't know Head no, Swim. No, do I. Pitch Shifter, I know. Sort of like uh, industrial. Never really listened to them too much. I saw them first time I saw... Corn, they were supporting Corn at Brixton Academy with Limp Biscuit. Yeah, it was Pitch Shifter, then Limp Biscuit, and Corn headlining. And by the time Corn came on, I'd drunk so much I had to go and sit at the back. Oh no, my my wife's got a, uh, a story. Uh, uh, she's not here, but let's talk about it. So she went to see Corn. Um, um, I think at the Astoria. So uh, anyway, a fella at the time, uh, Jeff. Uh, went with her so she was really really sick and she could she just couldn't bear to be at the gig so she she had to get the train home and she said uh, like jeff look i'm really really sick uh i can't i can't be at this gig and so jeff just went okay and um, <laughs> bye he, here's make sure you give me a call <laughs> you know tomorrow <laughs> and he went and stayed at the gig I just think, oh, if he hadn't have done that, maybe my life would be a different story. Yep. Uh, then this used to be one of my favourite bits, actually. Uh, next, we've got the lives bit of uh, gigs that are coming up, like adverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a reef tour here. Um, they playing Penny Theatre? No, that was a couple of years before this. Oh, OK. Sick of they it couldn't all fill the, Yeah, they bet they couldn't fill these venues now. Well, you say that, they, they've actually got a, a tour booked up now and like they're only playing the LA too uh, that ain't very big no, that, did you ever go to that it's like the venue that was next to the Astoria like the small one yeah I saw vandals and a sort of jelly beans there I remember talking to you about that on the phone and in fact I've still got the photos you took really yeah, yeah so it's, it's pretty small so maybe um, yeah sick of it all Marillion yeah. all right. oh, oh that's after fish so Oh no, they're playing big venues still. Yeah, and they still are. So, yeah. Oh, I bought Biohazard. Yeah, oh, I'd have gone to that. Biohazard and Dog Eat Dog, that would have been a bit of me at the time. And that's about it, really. There's a nice uh, picture of um, the Wild Hearts on the back. And guess who was topping the charts? If you, this will be right. one for you, because okay. you're a bit of a nerd. Allegedly. So give, give me number two, and uh, give me number three and two. Number three... Afraid of Sunlight by Marillion. Right, okay. Number two, Foo Fighters with Foo Fighters. So, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go... Reef was number four with Replenish. All right, okay. So I'm going to go for... You think I won't know this, but I know it. Supergrass. What? (laughs) What was it? Oh, no, I'm not accepting Supergrass as an answer. <laughs> Supergrass! With, with the, the one with George, the, the, the King thing song on it. Second album. It's not anywhere in the top 40. Oh, maybe it was another year. <laughs> Bloody hell, Red Medicine by uh, our old faves Fugazi. What number's that? 30... 
Well, you know, you know, they were selling like uh, each album was selling like a million or so, like just completely DIY. All the money going to them. That's fucking awesome. Nirvana in it twice. If you can tell me the two albums for Nirvana that are in it, what about that? Yeah, all right. The well, tell me what number one was. Oh, Bon Jovi these days. I've never got that. Never got that. And he's got another album in it as well. Uh, Crossroads. That was like a best of one, wasn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, think it I don't was. know. Okay, so two Nirvana albums to finish. To finish this, right? Okay, so I'm saying the first Nirvana album that's definitely in it is In Utero. What year was In Utero released? In Utero was ninety-three. Yeah, ninety-three is In Utero. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Well, it's not in you, right? Oh, motherfucker. So it's got to be um, the uh, the posthumous... Uh, uh, oh, uh, um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the live tonight, I'm, uh, I'm live, the whisper, the whisper, the rivers of the... That was a video. It's not been the album charts, is it? No, it was an album. I had the CD. Really? Yeah. Well, ain't that. Muddy Banks of the... the it's not that. All right. Uh, so in that case, it's got to be MTV Unplugged. Yep. And it's got to be Nevermind. Yay! Next week, we are going to be doing a slight change to format. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about one that I've bought uh, from way back in 85 uh, called Record Mirror. Uh, and that's got Killing Joke on the cover. And then... Uh, Daniel has I've got a coffee. shaken it up. Yeah, we've got a little competition for next week. I've got a metal hammer from back in the day. Uh, hundred greatest albums of all times. Uh, I haven't opened it. Yeah, do not open it. We're going to set ourselves a little quiz uh, to see uh, who knows their most shit about uh, the best albums of all time according to... Metal Hammer in 2002. Um, see you then. Cheers. Allegedly.